This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. On this episode of the Impressions Exchange Podcast, Senior Editor Tony McQuilkin speaks with Barbara Mazik, the Director of Printing and Mail Services at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. They discuss how she climbed the ladder to become director in an unexpected way, her biggest influences, and her experiences in the printing industry. Well, I'm Tony McQuilkin, and I am here today with Barbara Mazik, the Director of Printing and Mail Services at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. So welcome, Barbara, and thank you for coming today. (laughs) Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well, and we are here because you have probably one of the more fascinating stories of, of you know, kind of how you've got into this industry uh, of people that I've talked to in, in many years. So I am excited to be able to tell your story. Um, but before we get into that, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, who who are you, and and what do you like to do? Well, I'm simply just Barbara. <laughs> That's how my pastor. So simple anything about you. (laughs) That's how my pastor refers to me. That's just simply Barbara. But uh, uh, I'm just a a mom and a grandmother. I'm a mother of five. Uh, They range from ages. mm, How old are they? Are 43 to 33. I have 11 grands. I have, I think it's five girls and six boys, and they range in age. Grandkids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Believe me, we know. (laughs) <laughs> they range in age from 20 to three. So we have a we have a vast range of uh, ages going, going on. And um, I just like hanging out with family. Uh, that's the biggest of mine. You know, what I do is uh, I travel a little bit with my husband. We like to travel. We like to just randomly pick states and countries to visit. And we have did that and we enjoy doing that. And uh we're looking forward to doing more when I when I get ready to go home. But that's that's way down the road, way down. <laughs> I found that out during COVID. I wasn't ready to go home. <laughs> it, it was a good wake up call for a lot of us. It and was. I do like working. <laughs> yeah, for about after a week of that, I was like, okay, no retirement talk for me anymore. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. Uh, my best friend is my uh, 33-year-old daughter. That says a lot about me. And so uh, that's about it. It really it is. Other than work and family, that's that's it. That's, uh, you know, I love to hear that because my mom is one of my best friends too. So <laughs> it, it is, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, I constantly tell my daughter, you need to get a friend. Go get you some friends. <laughs> So I guess, like I said, you have a great story, but, you know, and, and that's kind of how this came about was, you know, as, as I was telling other people about how great your story was. And so we had to get you on uh, to, to chat about it in your own words a little bit. So, so tell us your story. <laughs> how did you get into print? Because it is not the usual path. No, it's not. It's not at all. Um, UAPB was actually, I think, my third job, but my first full-time job. And uh, yeah, and uh, I came here only expecting to work a year. I said, I'm going to put in a year and I'm going to move on to bigger and better things. But um, God had a different plan. 
but I came here to work as a custodial worker. I had a friend girl. I was unemployed, and I had a friend that was a secretary at the uh, facilitated management, physical plant, then we called it. And she said, hey, I, I got this, they have this position open. And uh, if you're interested, you can come on out. I said, uh, do I interview? She said, oh, no, I've already told them about you. And you can come on in and uh, fill out the application. And that's what I did. And I started working about two days from there. I cleaned up the cafeteria here on campus. And ironic enough, I'm, the new location that we just moved to and finished moving at the end of last month, it's the same building I started out working in. Full circle. The full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, uh, came out, went to work, worked for a year and moved around different buildings on campus. Well, longer than a year, but moved around different buildings. Finally, I ended up in the administration building, which the printing services was located in the basement of that building during that time. Hmm. And uh, everybody knew everybody anyway. We're a small community here in Pine Bluff. So uh, uh couple of nights, they had some huge runs that only two people at the time was working in printing services. You had a pressman and you had the supervisor. And uh, they would, and at that time, they had no color copies. Everything was black and white. I think their copies were even IBM. So that you know how far back it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, they had, they had a couple, they had a huge run. I don't forgot what it was pertaining to. And uh, they needed to stay and keep it going. So on the second night, I said, uh, hey, just show me how to unjam the copier. I'll watch it for you. And so the uh, supervisor at that time, Mrs. Ventress, she said, oh, I really appreciate that. And really, they gave me something to do after I was done with my job. And so I did it the first night. And she was so thankful. So a couple of nights later, she said, hey, Barbara, could you watch it again for us? I said, no problem. We did it. And so then it became like a thing, like if they had a big run, just go home. I got it. And so that that took place. And so I learned how to unjam the copier, how to load the copier, all of that stuff on the flute, just, just doing that. So when they had a, a position to come open a year later, <laughs> a whole year. So so you uh, this was now two years after, you know, you only originally planned to be there a year. Well, no, no, actually. <laughs> I, I missed some time in there, but me floating around to different buildings, I had actually been on campus then probably about seven years. Wow. Maybe five, maybe five or seven. I haven't actually looked into that, but somewhere in there though. And so um, she asked me, she said, hey, would, are you, she said, I would like to hire you to come for the position in printing services. Would you be interested? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, let me pray on this. I didn't want to make any hasty decisions and, you know, jobs too hard to come by. I wanted to make sure I was getting into something I would enjoy or at least like doing. And I knew that uh, uh, it was, you would be responsible for getting things out. That was the only print shop the campus had or has. And so uh, I, I, I talked to my husband about it and he was like, well, I don't understand what the problem is. So went on and I took the job and uh, uh enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's just been a growth. And that's how I actually just, so my first year in printing services was all voluntarily. You know, everything was volunteer. No, no extra salary, no anything like that. But I, I learned to like it because it, it changed so much. And, and one thing you know about working as a custodial worker, it's consistent. It stays the same, you know, 
Nothing changes. You pick up the trash the same way. You dump the trash can the same way. But I, I was, I was intrigued by that, and so that that uh, that helped me out a lot. Now, did you ever plan to? I mean, were were you kind of thinking at that point that whether it was print or something else, was it still in your mind that eventually you would move on to something else, or had you just sort of settled into that that was going to be your your career, and then print sort of came and smacked you upside the head. <laughs> that one actually came and smacked me, but no, even when I was helping them, I never thought, oh, I'm a plot for a job in here. This is awesome. Never did I think that. I thought about it a little bit, but then I thought, started thinking, you know, the responsibilities of that job. Like, do you really want that? And then I looked at, um, you know, being a secretary, I have to know how to type fast. That that wasn't working. And then they had to sit there desk too much. I talked too much for that. And uh, so I, I, I looked into different jobs that I made could do on this campus and that just wasn't one of them and so I haven't worked you... in any other position <laughs> <laughs> so how did you go even from that then to the director of the in-plan I mean that that even is another huge leap in responsibility from just working in the print shop to being the the, the big boss yeah I, I mean listen <laughs> things just come I believe everything is is, is a blessing that's how I think. And so whether it's good or bad, you have to, you're learning from, from mistakes and you're, you're growing from those that are not mistakes. And uh, I just been blessed. I mean, truly blessed to have individuals that um, not every supervisor I have have trusted me to hold this role, but um, there has been individuals on this campus that has always seen potential in me, you know, whether I was uh, working as a janitor or whether I was working uh, in in print in the printing services. And listen, in printing services, I started out as printer one, printer two, printer three, and then I went to manager, then I went to director. So it wasn't any uh, boomerang effect where I was just tossed into a director because they had no one else. But I, I actually literally climbed the ladder to get to where I'm at. And so I had to prove myself at every... At, every uh, level you, that you could do what you're supposed to, supposed to be able to do. I actually was a pressman in printing services for a little while. I ran a two-color press. So the the sense, in saying all of that, it prepared me to, for this role because I know what you're supposed to be able to do with in, in my roles at printer one, printer two, printer three, and manager. I know, I know what those jobs require. I know the tasks that um, you have to put in for that. So for me, and I often tell people, I don't even know if I would trust myself evaluating my staff had I not gone through all of that, because it would be too difficult. Because <laughs> if you don't know their job, how can you say they're doing it wrong? <laughs> you know, it, it's funny in the, the how many people in the print industry, you know, have that kind of, you know, come up through the ranks that, mm -hmm. you know, I talk to a lot of even family career, you know, printers that, you know, they force their, their heirs and, and their kids to start right. as pressmen for that exact reason that mm -hmm. uh, it, it's hard to tell somebody how to run a press if you've never run a press and you earn respect you know you earn respect for that I mean it, it's easy to tell somebody what they're doing wrong it's even it's even harder to tell them how to fix that problem so if you if you have some ideas as to how that problem can be fixed you you are a uh, plus to the game already 
Absolutely. So yeah. what have been some of some of the, you, you know, you mentioned you had to climb the ladder. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you had to face in your career and, and how did you kind of overcome those? Training. We're, we're in a small area. There is no, even in, we have, we have another um, two-year college here on, in, in the city. There is no training in our area for pressmen, print, um, um, on our campus, we have an art department, but what uh, what we try to get uh, our art department to do is fondle their students through here because you you design for art and social media. Have ninety percent of the designers coming out of school now they're not designing for print, so is thank God for digital. If <laughs> 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 we had to go back to four color press or five or six, oh my God, it'd be so many people out of jobs. But uh, it's just the training and the and the knowledge base that to pull from, and it, it's, it's little to none. And then by the business being so competitive, people not willing to share. Now uh, our printing services was really really blessed. Um, one of our former pressmen, Mr. Tony Jones, they owned a print. His family owned a print shop here in our city, and his dad was a wealth of knowledge. I mean. Mm -hmm. He knew everything from designing to printing, and he had no problem sharing it with us. Anything we felt in, you know, that because we times are changing, we don't know anything, and uh, uh, he 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 would he would offer classes to us. You know, not necessarily class. We'll go up to his shop and we say, "Hey, we're having this problem with this." And Tony came to work for us. Uh, we lost our pressman. And uh, he came to work with us. He now he had his, his family had their own print shop, but that's how helpful they were, and that's how blessed we were that he came over here and worked with us. And to this day, his brother works for another printing company here. Well, it's they don't they print, but he works for another printing company here, and um, he's still very helpful. I can call Tony's brother anytime and ask him a question. It's not a problem at all. So we call them the Jones brothers. They they're like our. Brothers. <laughs> And uh, uh, that's how, I mean, the training is just, there's none. And and to to gain that knowledge, I didn't, I didn't know where to go. So I started going to a lot of conferences uh, um, and they they were like awesome. I mean, the wealth of the knowledge that was there, you know, you, you didn't want to look too silly in the audience, but when somebody say something, I would just nod my head, but I was like, keep talking, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> What are some of the best conferences that you've been to that, that if, if you could go back and, you know, advise yourself when you were first getting started, which, which are the conferences that you would say, these are the ones you have to go do right away? Neckums is first, my male side. They, they, they've been really good. And Implant, uh, IPMA, IPM. IPMA. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, that one's the best. That That is the best. And the, and the people are so nice. I mean, you ask a question, you don't know, you say, hey, you're not giving anything back. You're just sucking them dry from their knowledge. And they, they just, hey, and then they'll tell you, hey, here's my card. When you get back to your office, if you find that you need another question, give me a call. Now, you, you don't find that everywhere. That's awesome. That's yeah. one, I think the, the best parts of the implant community is that, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I don't think I've ever met an implant manager that wasn't willing to jump in and answer questions and help out and, right. you know, just, it's such a welcoming community. Mm -hmm. 
They are. And then if, they, if you're looking for something that's not there, they'll tell you which one you need to go to. I'm like, oh, you are recommending that I go to another conference. <laughs> you know, my school only pays for one a year, right? <laughs> but that's so what are some of the biggest successes? If, if you had to look back over your entire print career, what would you say, you know, what, what are you most proud of? Oh, that is so hard for me. And I don't know why it's so hard, but that is so hard for me. But it, the thing I'm most proud of is the um, is the um, devoted mentality. You know, you, you you have to stay devoted to what you're doing. Uh, uh, you uh, you have to put your all in it, even if it's not if the best that someone else is doing. You know, that's your best, and and uh, I think that's how my school has really that. I know you asked me about my my what I felt was, but it's an overall thing. I think because my school accepts what I know and I tell them up front what I don't know, but I'm willing to find out, that has been one of my biggest accomplishments is, is selling myself to my university, saying that I am here, I am going to get the job done. However I, however I can get it done, just bear with me. And if it's something that I'm not doing, tell me what I need to do, and I'll get that done also. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, who have been the biggest influences on your professional life? You've, you've kind of alluded to a few people who have kind of, you know, touched your career and helped you along. But if you had to point to one or two that, that were, you know, kind of larger than life in, in that respect, who, who would it be? You know, I was pondering over this last night. I was like, I don't want to leave anybody out. But those that know, know. But uh, uh, my, my, uh, of course, my husband and my mother. Anytime I start feeling that like this is this is not for me, or I, they need someone better than me, I've always been told you're not brought anywhere without what you need. You just need to dig in and find what you what you have and give it to them. And that's that's my mom all the time. But uh, uh, Mrs. Time, we'll let time. She's the director of our. Uh, uh, industrial, not industrial technology, our, our uh, IT department. And she was my first supervisor that gave me open range, uh, made me think outside the box. She challenged me. You know, uh, I was so used to being, I was a manager, but I wasn't a leader. And she challenged me to become a lead, leader. And she expected that. And uh, uh she 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 didn't walk around to find an issue. She walked around to find solutions, you know. And I I really admire her for that because she has all, she was the first. I've had numerous supervisors in my years here, but uh, she was the first supervisor that worked along beside me to to better our our service to the campus. And then um, then I got Vice Chancellor Martin. I wish a light could glow around me when I call her name. You know, it's it's very seldom that you can speak on your supervisors and say these are people who 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 uh, uh who challenge you, who 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 put you where you are, and you admire them for doing it, and they're and they're your uh, your mentors. And uh, uh, Vice Chancellor Martin, I was thinking about this last night. Funny story. When uh, Ms. Totten was my supervisor and then Ms. Dr. Martin saw, well, Ms. Mazik, I'm going to make you the director. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I need to be able to report to Miss Titan so she can say, Barbara, that's not right. And I can fix it before it gets to you. So now there's no in-between person. So um, uh, anyway, uh, when, when I got the role, it was it was close to time for us to renew our contract for our copiers. And so have been uh, talking to the uh, Chronicle Minolta. That's what we, I love my copiers. And uh, uh, they had informed me that... Um, that uh uh you know of uh, the new cost and what it was gonna take and I told them every all the bills and whistles I wanted and all that stuff. And so of course I knew what we paid in leases, but I, I never had to worry about signing off on the paperwork. Not had been my problem. So uh they sent me the contract. I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to send this to Vice Chancellor Mark, who is direct who's over finance and administration. She doesn't play about the university's money. So I was like, hmm. So I text her about 4.30 and say, can we talk tomorrow or later? So she said, sure, I'm, I have a uh, meeting tonight, but I can call, I can get back with you about 7.30. And that's the type of relationship you have. You know, she just said, well, yeah, tomorrow morning at 10, I'll get back with you tonight if you want me to. Sure thing. So I sit up there and I thought about that thing and I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to ask her for this much money. And she just gave me the position. <laughs> <laughs> We won't do that. So I text her and say, that's okay. So she calls me about 30 minutes late. She said, Miss Barbara, is everything all right? She said, you, uh, uh, I don't want you to think that uh, I didn't want to talk to you. She felt she had did something wrong. I said, no, no. I said, uh, the thing is, uh, and I went on and told the whole story about the lease. She said, well, no, that's, if that's what you need and that's, you've gotten everything on there that you need. No, ma'am, that's not a problem. I'll just do the purchase order. She said, Miss Barbara, what was the problem? I said, I've never had to ask anybody for that type of money. Said, so, <laughs> she said, well, welcome to the director's world. <laughs> they threw you right in the deep end in that regard. Like, here's the director. Here's the money. Right, right. So uh, she said, only thing I asked is you be cautious of your budget. And, you know, we're, it's everything is good. And so it's just been that type of relationship from that point on. I mean, I've had some situations where we've been directors report and I said, well, next physical year, I'm looking at doing this. She said, why are you not looking at doing it this physical year? I said, well, money's kind of funny. She said, well, send me a, a memo of what you need and we, we make it work that out. I'm like, I never experienced this. I wish my husband were more like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish everything in life that you could just, you know, I, I'd like to buy this. Okay, here you go. <laughs> exactly. But those two women, those two women have been, I mean, everything to me as far as my growth in, in this in this title and on, on this campus, those two have shown me that they believe in me. I knew I could do it, but you know, sometimes when you don't have that, that, that that foundation you you don't you don't know how 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 to operate on it so but uh yeah it's been awesome excellent yeah having people that can lift you up and kind of you know give you that that leg up when you need it along your career I think it makes all the difference it does it does so switching gears slightly I I know that the university is a historically black college and university HBCU can can you talk a little bit about what it means to you personally to be working at a university with that distinction? Yeah, I can. I can. Oh, uh, uh, being a part of this this school, this community is is second to none. I mean, um, the uh, here kids get to have their deans 
uh, cell phones in case they have a problem. You know, you you don't find that everywhere. And uh, my I had my daughter graduated here and had got her degree. My son went to school here, so I, I have a lot of respect for uh, this school and being a part of the historical black college. Uh, it's special. The experience for me uh, has been like uh, more like a family. You know, uh, uh, you don't know everybody, but when you when you when you when you come across or encounter a, a department or or individual, your your heart goes out, and your your whole goal is to do whatever it can to make that uh, department or that person look good if you can. Whatever you can do, that's how it operates here. Working here uh, means that I'm contributing. I'm 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 contributing to the to the legacy of the university. Uh, I'm empowering uh, um, men and women who are walking through this campus. Uh, a lot of times when kids come to my uh, mail center window and they're uh, looking for different things or expecting things in a in a fast pace, I have to slow them down. I have to remember. I have to remind them. And I take on that mother role then. And they looking at me all crazy then. But I take on that role like, hey, we're here to help you. But you're going to have to help yourself too. And I, I truly believe if I teach a student how to how to look for their mail, how to research a lost package, how to uh, call their mom and say, hey, what day did you put it in the mail? And then maybe check with the post office and say, hey, I had a package coming from this zip code, coming to this zip code. How many days does that take? I figure if I train, if I... I believe if I train you to do that, then I won't have to continue to explain to you why your package or your mail is not here. I remember a funny story with a student who wanted some colored copies one time. She came in, she had a piece of paper with, uh, and it was a drawing. She said, I want to put this on a sheet of paper. Now she's holding a sheet of paper in her hand. I said, it's already on a sheet of paper. She said, yes, but I want to put it on another sheet of paper. I said, okay, so you want a copy? She said, no, <laughs> I want to put this on a sheet of paper. So I had to bring her in my office and explain the whole copying process to her so that she wouldn't make that mistake on any other in any other shop or campus or anywhere else. And so once I explained to her, I said, a copy is that. It will be the same thing on a different sheet of paper. They won't be on the same. So she understood it then. But she, she was upset with me when I kept saying, so you want a copy? She said no. <laughs> so that's that's how it is working here. You have you have to teach. You have to teach, and once you teach them, and hopefully they get it, you won't. They won't have to continue to be told. That's that critical thinking. I mean, that's you know what part of the college experience is is learning how to problem solve and yeah, you know, work through things that that you know will serve them well as they move exactly. through their lives and not just in print although hopefully you're you're also you know reeling some of them into the print industry about how awesome it is i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> with the look on my face they're probably like i don't want that woman's job <laughs> I start working on that though. <laughs> it start, you know, just just sort of, you know, slipping it into conversation occasionally about how great print is. <laughs> yeah, I see. Look, I need a designer. That's what I'm gonna start slipping into their conversation. Yes. <laughs> you you mentioned that you know retirement obviously is off the table for the moment. Um, but but what does the future look like for you when you think about the next you know 10, 15 years? What what do you envision for yourself? Do you, you know, is the director where you're going to stay? Or do you see yourself as chancellor someday? 
No. Well, the first thing you said was 10 or 15 years. I know I told you my kids age, so I, it's not like I'm young. So I pray I'm still, still alive. Still, you got plenty of years. You got like 30 or 40 left in you. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't even know if I want that many. <laughs> but uh, uh, I plan to be alive for once, uh, for one of them, but... Uh, I, I eventually I will go home, but until then I will continue to grow. I would like to leave um, the printing services on our campus better than what I found it. I think it already is, but better than what it is today. Um, I would like for, um, uh, I like to be able to offer training, you know, like uh, even if I'm not here, if it's something that someone wants to know, and feel free to call me. If I can help you, I want to help you because we're in a really small community. Um, and it's you have to venture way out. You have to have the funds to do that. And so um that's 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 some of the stuff that I really, really, really that's priority for me. But um the other thing is just hanging out with my husband. Uh he's he retired um uh, this past what it was one of these months he retired a few months back. <laughs> you retired in April. It out. He retired in April and uh uh last year and um he I think he's beginning to be lonely but I'm not rushing home because uh, he he's probably wanting me to do yard work or something with him so I'm not doing that. <laughs> but uh, uh other than that, you know, watching my grandkids grow, uh watching them become productive citizens in this world. And, and 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 doing their very best. I have some really, really, really good grands and uh, I'm proud of them. And I, I pray that I'm around to see uh, these young adults. I'm, these, these, these young, this, these 11 become, uh, and probably more by the end probably, but uh, these, these 11 at least become these productive adults that give to give to society and I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I pray that they do their very best their very best that's what I, I strive for that's all you can ask for in life mm -hmm. you know just find something you're passionate about and then do your best right exactly so if, if you could kind of give one piece of advice to you know especially to young people who are considering a career in print or in implant um, that are kind of you know where you were all of those years ago when when you were getting your first second job what piece of advice would you give them? Uh, be ready for change. Embrace it. Don't, 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 don't think what you know today will be there tomorrow because it will not. And uh, always be looking for what, what the new, you know, what, how, how you can move differently throughout a print job or uh, in your shop. Uh, but yeah, embrace the new. I, I look for being creative. Uh, uh, that's one thing about printing that kind of dies. Now, that's what I like about the new generation. They're very creative. They 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 love the stuff that you go like, oh. I just, my age group, I, I just need us to embrace that. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's a fantastic thing. And uh, that's what I would uh, suggest for anyone coming into this uh, business is to be ready for the change and embrace it. 
Well, thank you so much. Like I said, I I, I love your story and, and you are <laughs> such a pleasure to speak with. And, and I am thank so excited you. that uh, I, I can be part of telling your story and, and, you know, that I got the chance to chat with you again. Because I'm uh, so glad you ever... guys thought it would be interesting. I'm like, I'm boring Barbara. <laughs> you are not <laughs> boring at all. And you're fascinating. And, and I had so much fun talking to you the first time that I just had to get you on uh, for you. this as well, because uh, it has been a great conversation and I am uh, just so very appreciative that you uh, were willing to do this with us today. Thank you so much for asking. I want to thank Tony for hosting this episode and Barbara for sharing her story. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast.